0: Co-produced by Afropunk and How Stuff Works, Afropunk Solution Sessions is a podcast that explores real-world solutions to the problems that marginalized people face. Every Wednesday, co-hosts Bridget Todd and Eve Jeffcoat speak with members of the Afropunk community, celebrated thinkers and community leaders like Stacey Abrams, Matthew Kincaid and Patrice Cullors about how to resist oppression, and stay engaged. Afropunk Solution Sessions is inciting meaningful conversations and motivating people to make a difference. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. See the
1: thing about you that caught my eye is the same thing that makes me change my mind. Kind of hard to explain, but girl, I'll try. You need to sit down. This may take a while. See this girl. She sort of looks just like you, 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 you. <laughs> I was gonna do it. <laughs> She even smiles just the way you do. So innocent she seemed, but I was fooled. I'm reminded when I look at you. You remind me of a girl that I once knew.
0: See your face whenever I, I look
1: at you. She put me through, this, this is, is why, why
0: I just can't <laughs> Oh my goodness.
1: Praise the ursher. No, never, actually. No,
0: never. We won't do that, actually. But <laughs> praise the <laughs> Lord, niggas.
1: Welcome back. It's episode 67
0: of Getting On with Jade and Kia. I'm Kia. I'm Jade. We are back to talk about adulting, the good, the bad, the ugly. The test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being an adult in the year of our Lord, 2018.
1: It's Damn, hot. Folks. It's hot. Nigga, as hell, my titties have been leaking. Oh, my and God. I'm not even pregnant. <laughs> oh, my word. I was standing in Jamaica. Oh, my God. So, I was about to call 311 on this Jamaican spot by my crib because... You're always about to call somebody on something. You know. You know it's my inner white woman. So, and my inner old black woman. So, I'm standing in this Jamaican spot. Okay, you know how hot it was yesterday. You know how hot it has been. We walk into this spot to go get some jerk chicken to go along with, like, some sides we have at the crib. And... Soon as we get in there, both me and Tristan are like, what the fuck is happening right now? Why is this so ungodly? We have stepped directly into hell. This is exactly what this is. Nigga, it was so hot in there that when we walked outside, it was cool and refreshing. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm not exaggerating. I promise you all on everything that I know and love. It was so hot, my titties started leaking, my eyebrows, my eyelashes, my nose hairs. Everything was oh sweating. God. Everything was sweating. It's Remember
0: so in crazy. high school, my friend Pam and I. Shout out to Pam. I love for, somebody named Pam. When we we uh, <laughs> get hot, you know, in high school we didn't have no AC. In many of the classrooms, well, the classrooms had ACs, but there was no AC in the hallways. And our school was like 80% windows. So in the hallways, it was like all windows. So it would like literally be like a convection. And it would just be hot and wet. There'd be all this condensation. It was just too much, right? So
1: funky.
0: we would just be loud in the hallways because that's what we would do. And be like, uh, just loud, just yelling. Hey, Pam. And she'd be like, hey, girl. And he would be like, what's wrong? Pam would be like, my kneecaps is sweating. <laughs> like, just unreasonably. Like, just ignorant. Like, this would be like while someone would be in English class, right? We would just be out in the hallway talking about how, girl, the back of my knees is wet. <laughs> just, it's ugly, hot. Oh, Jesus. Just, just really... Eastside high levels of nonsense and foolery. And Mr.
1: Clark about to pop out.
0: That's like ah, I, because I, you
1: don't talk like that to Mr.
0: Clark. <laughs> I told you. I just like it's in, in uh cause you know it was an atrium and I I didn't I didn't get suspended, thankfully, because the Lord is gracious, but I should have been, because I stood in the middle of the atrium and my friend Serena was at the top of the stairs and she would say, Keep singing.
1: Oh, when like, you were doing a Little Mermaid? Like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Ignorant. He's like, keep singing! Ah, Ignorant.
0: Ah. That's one of Fury's favorite stories. When I told him that the first time, <laughs> he lost it. I was like, just imagine a high school filled with children. And my high school was really, like, it was on the larger <laughs> side. It was about 20, 2,000 to 2,500 kids mm-hmm. in the building. And everyone's just hustling and bustling, and I'm just standing in the middle of all of this, singing like Ariel, the top of my <laughs> full chest voice, <laughs> just dumb. It's a wonder, really, really. I should have been put out of that school so many times. Keep Serena would be at the top and say,s like, keep
1: singing. <laughs> Every time I hear it, it's like I never heard it, and it takes me down. You know, God has really been looking out for me my whole life. I should have been put out of that school several Even in your ignorance.
0: Especially (laughs) in my ignorance. But yeah, man, it's hot. The heat index, according to my phone, the heat index said it was 100. It felt like it was 108 degrees in Washington, D.C. today. And it was just like, are you kidding
1: me? Um, I don't know, man. We walked outside for lunch, and we it was immediately like, oh, hell no. It's like everyone's walking around with the same
0: face, like, ooh! <laughs> We all look like the cry face emoji just in the street, like, ooh, Jesus. Help us. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I hope you guys are staying cool, moisturizing your situations. Not too much though, because if you've put on too much lotion in this kinda of, in this kind of sweat, you will literally suffocate yourself. To death. Oh,
1: listen. <laughs> just your be body sliding will out of your yourself. clothes. Right. Just <laughs> just sliding right like, out of your clothes. Just a thin layer. <laughs> just a thin layer. But so you
0: have to drink your water because the sweat is real and you will be dehydrated in a mug out here because the perspiration will take you over. But yeah, man, what's going on sis aside from it being
1: unreasonably hot outside? Just unreasonably hot. You know, niggas are still working, even in the heat. Um, we had Noah's Wrinkling Time Party this weekend. It looked like it was perfect. It was whimsical. Yes. Um, flower crowns galore in the park and barbecue. You know what I'm saying? Two of my favorite things, watermelon. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was just great. It was just, good. it was just a good time. Games for the kids. Like, you know, we had a good time. There's a little splash pad close because, you know, it was hot. Yes, it was was burning up, but your girl had a blast, burning rode her up. new bike.
0: My heart is like burning up. My heart up. is like burning up. <laughs> was it EPMD that had that song? I'm hot. I'm hot just like no <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I'm hot. That's Marvin Gay sample, honey. I love
1: it. I love, I love I sang, come live with me to Noah. The entire time she was in my belly. Oh, Jesus. And you wonder why your child is 65 years old, but that's. (laughs) Every day. I'm like, come live with me. Angel, come live with me and come
0: I just I just love how black Marvin Gaye was. I just felt like he would have been like my cool uncle friend. Like I feel like he would always have like really, really amazing homemade lemonade in his refrigerator at all times. And he I could always borrow a And I feel like he would season the hell out of some catfish, honey. Ooh! What we, what we know he's season the hell out of some grits. Ah! Oh,
1: you ain't right. You ain't right. I'm not, but it's true. I'm hot.
0: I'm hot, just yeah. like the bee. I'm hot. All right. Let's get into it, man, because I got to go to bed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nigga, it's late. It's uh t- trash. Let's check
0: out some trash. All right, cue the cleanup woman Trash. It's the most dreadful portion of the show. <laughs> go for I it. Think it's, it's I think it's it's
1: exciting.
0: fun. It's fun. It's It's totally so, fun. I know you don't
1: watch Power.
0: That is correct. I mean, everyone. I'll give you all time to gasp and clutch your pearls. Go ahead.
1: I already did mine, so you guys go ahead. So <laughs> okay, Kia doesn't watch Power.
0: Not because I, do. I don't want to, but just I can't afford Showtime and HBO, and I have
1: committed to the, to Issa. <laughs> and I told her she could use my login. I would so have we to got get to get, get her up, up. on power. Up. You have four seasons to get I caught know, up. I know, man. On. I don't have that kind of time. I says, I need you to get into it. Oh, I need you to. to it's good. It. It's like it's like the nigga version of Game of Thrones. Is it? Yes. Tristan brought out a good point. He t- he said, Game of Thrones has no heroes. They're all it's villains? it's all anti heroes. They're all anti heroes. They're all villains. So, and some villains, some anti heroes, some villains. Power has no heroes. None. Now, I'm not going to spoil it for you all since it just came out. I'm going to give you a week to catch up and just know that next week I'm going to get into it. But I hate Tariq. Well, anyway. That being said. He's got to go. Um, Black Ink Crew, Chicago. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Your thoughts,
0: please. I mean, Lily hit. What's the name? Danielle with the
1: She didn't even get a two-piece combo. She got a three-piece combo.
0: Man, she had red beans and rice and 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 mashed mashed potatoes. potatoes. (laughs) I mean, it was quick. And Danielle (laughs) won't sit there like, you know, she wasn't just, I don't know. Yo, Lily, Dan- I don't know. I was annoyed with how Danielle carried that. Like, you can't just get punched in your face repeatedly and sit there like you didn't get punched in your face repeatedly because you're just gonna look.
1: Especially when you, you didn't really. She didn't really. I'm gonna say Danielle didn't really ask to be punched in the face. Like she, didn't Lily was
0: like, just had just had enough.
1: She was irritated, and she I was feel irritated like. Irritated, and she resorted to these hands. Yeah, I
0: I have to admit though, I fell asleep on the episode. I need to go back and watch. I'm not really sure how this did 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 four. And Forrest's fine girlfriend have the threesome with the white
1: lady. No, because the white lady ended up getting really drunk and making out with the bartender. Oh
0: well, there you go.
1: So, he didn't get to have you know any fun. Um, he probably would have been too tired anyway. Right. Uh, so we can. I'm gonna let you finish. Black and crew Chicago. No, I mean like you know they're back in the shop, right? So they have. So they're back in the shop. They are now loyal ink, right? So black. So um bad. Ryan has opened a new shop. He has some drunk ass girls. Yo, what was that? What was that? <laughs> I was I was so puzzled. My girl tiptoed in like Mr. Tumness and awards. Who comes to work like that?
0: Yo. I have never been to work drunk. I Jill mean
1: Scott. No Scott comes to work like that. Oh my god. Jill Scott stresses me out and I don't have any problem saying She's it. She's like fake deep to me and it gets on my she nerves. She is. It gets on my nerves. Like nerve. from her Bill Cosby yeah. apologizing to um, apologizing, excuse me, to, um, so Jill Scott, her newest antics, Black and Crew Chicago, we'll talk about it next week. Her newest antics, Jill Scott went to my homegirl's store in Philly. Shout like out I to the saw, Sable collective. I saw it
0: on the, on the Sable Collective's IG but I don't feel like I watched the whole video because, you know, I,
1: I have to take I know. Chili and doses. I know. After she's after she, after she apologized so for Bill Cosby and after she said that Black Friday meant that they sold niggas on Fridays um, during slavery, I just did not see it. I could not for her anymore. And I can still listen to her music. She's not canceled in, no, in no, music. No. And you just can't talk to me. You, you know what I'm me. saying? That's it. Yes. Yeah, that, that part. So she literally don't say, nope. Keep singing. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you? All but she was at your... my homegirl store and didn't shout the damn store out. She just got in the selfie camera video FaceTime and, and just said a
0: bunch of nothing.
1: Evident, drunk. I said, "Well, what were you drinking? She was drunk. D R O W drunk. <laughs> she was drunk. <laughs> Irritated. I was irritated for my homegirl. I'm like, but she didn't shout the store out. I even commented on the Instagram. I was like, but shout out to Black businesses. God damn. Oh. Oh. Jillian from Jill- Philly. She wasn't even supposed to make it to the trash. But anyway. Uh, LeBron James is going to Los Angeles <laughs> if you care. Man,
0: I do care. But mainly because I just really want to see Savannah and give her a high five.
1: Because <laughs> you know you this was only did that, Savannah. Savannah. Savannah's like, I don't want to live in Ohio anymore. She put her foot down. She's like, I want to. I want my Louboutins to be appreciated. I don't want to live in in Ohio any longer. One hundred and fifty-four million for four years. My God. my God, indeed. My God,
0: she said, fix it. <laughs> nah, Savannah <laughs> just just out here. She's just out here winning. I I respect it.
1: I can't get mad at it. She married her high school sweetheart and she did the ultimate glow up. I, was, I, like, I put some respect. Put some respect on Savannah's name. Like she tumbled, like her glow up is tumbling like that soccer player. Oh my the, god. Oh my god. Please move on. The Please soccer move on. Like, <laughs> The soccer player. What <laughs> in the world cup? Who started tumbling, and they turned it into a video? Okay, <laughs> you are just tickled I'm sorry. beyond. I am. Uh, so LeBron James goes to LA. DeMarcus Cousins is going to the Warriors. I don't have anything to say about that because I don't really know. What that they means. just
0: stack in the deck. But, I mean, it'll make it'll make for I
1: mean. interesting. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's what I learned through my husband and my brother-in-law's conversation. Um, that that seems to be an extreme move. I mean, <laughs> so, we will see. Time will tell. The NBA is about to be
0: interesting again, I think.
1: I hope so, because I think that's why I fell off and I don't really know who anybody is outside of um, old boy Harding because of his beard. And I just <laughs> it is he just really irritates me his whole face. um. And then Russell Westbrook, because he looks like um, one of the little dinosaurs from, Marie- from uh, Land Before he Time. He really does look like he could.
0: All he um, needs is a flannel shirt.
1: Petrie, Petrie. Um, <laughs> and, like, I know him. I, You know, obviously, we all know LeBron James, and there's a whole bunch more. But I watched basketball. In my prime of basketball, it was like when Chauncey Billups was playing and Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace and... Paul Pierce and uh, Rondo came in. He was a rookie and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. Like that was my basketball days. That's when I kept up with it. Um, But I haven't kept up in quite some time. So I just keep hearing about DeMarcus Cousins. So I assume he's great. But I know he's going to play with the little mashed potato boy uh, for the (laughs) Warriors. Dear Jesus. You know, he looks like a bowl of mashed potatoes. Uh, Well, what's next in trash, girl? Jay-Z is releasing a documentary on Trayvon Martin. It has uh-huh. a release date, right? Yep, it's going to be released July thirtieth on the Paramount Network. So I excite, I excite. Yeah, so Savior, set your set your clocks, set your DVRs. Um, Monique wants you all to stop reading your mouths about the ten million dollars that she is not making. <laughs> oh, Monique, and she also wants Lee Daniels to shut his mouth. <laughs> what
0: rhymes? What starts with Asian rhymes what start- with jokes? What rhymes with jokes and starts with an H? It's a A goddamn hoax. hoax. (laughs) I just can't wait to be that kind of black
1: woman and speaking cliches. And sit on my condominium balcony and make videos. I can't wait. Cannot wait. wait.
0: It's going to be so much fun to just say all. Of the crazy things that our aunties and mama say, like or
1: I'm gonna be like I'm the dark skin Aunt Viv and start making videos in my kitchen and putting it in that little superhero. Um, I, I'm sorry, yeah, something is wrong with uh, with uh, Janet Huber. <laughs> um, California might be split come November into three separate states. California really just trying to break up the largest Democratic. That's all. The, uh, that's really all that's they're doing. Thing. They think that they see, this is the handmaid still happening. But that's what they're trying to do. Gilead's about to become a thing. Ludacris threatened a fan who threw a solo cup of him at a show, and we saw old Ludacris come out. Well, okay. And I was I and I was pleased. Something about that just warmed my heart. It really did. I saw it. he said don't make me come off this motherfucking stage and whoop your ass that's it <laughs> I would have I been like, I'll yes. be that nigga named Luda aka L-O-V-A L-O-V-A like <laughs> I, yes. yeah. I, was, I was so pleased yes um, and then lastly in the trash which is not good but good news at the same time it's not good because of the context of it but Harvey Weinstein is facing three counts of sexual assault and he could face life in prison well, Jesus. If he's convicted, hallelujah. So hopefully he will be um, and get his due because uh, he got what's coming to him. So, and that's the trash this week. Oh, well, amen. That's the trash this week. Let's move on, on, on to a shout out to our hermanas. Holy do, do it. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy, do it. My sis is popping right now. like Buenos uh, dias, hermanas. Hermanos. So our shout out to my sis this week, since we are now wrapped up with graduation announcements. Thank you to everybody who sent them in mm-hmm. um, all season. You know, me and Kia, that is our highlight of the year to be able to read about you guys' accomplishments. And we can't wait to get back into it in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're back to our regular shout out to my sis, and mm-hmm. this week our shout out is for Nurturing Possibilities. Um, you can find them on IG at Nurturing Possibilities LLC, also at Nurturing Possibilities LLC.com. We'll be sure to post all of the links in the description box. Um, so my good friend who heads Nurturing Possibilities and is the founder is working on her PhD right now, um, and so she's She's working on, uh, I think it's in mental health. And so the next event is on July 7th from 1230 to two. And it is the misdiagnosis of black boys, mental health through, through music. So you'll be able to click on the link in the description box, check out the Instagram in the description box to be able to get more information off of the website. But that is July 7th in Washington, DC. Nice. So that is our shout out this week. I also want to give a quick shout out to Lone Body Care, for holding your girl down in the sweltering heat. Um, I'm not out here funky. I smell like lavender even at the end of the day. So Man. make sure you all get you some Lone Body Care. You can get on a subscription plan with them. You never have to go to the store and go get yourself any deodorant again. That's a Black-owned so, yeah. business, right? No, it's not a Black-owned business, but it is a woman-owned business. Oh, uh-huh. all
0: right. Girl Power.
1: Girl Power. Uh, And they are also... um. Sponsors a friend's wellness tour. So, love it. Check out Lone Body Care. I definitely advocate for them. I use the citrus, um, the lavender. They have a mint. Uh, and there was one I, I used to have a, a coconut lime that I really liked. I want them to bring that back. That was nice. Very nice.
0: Very, 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 very nice. Um, so let's yeah. move
1: ourselves on to the kitchen table talk.
0: All right, Good then, it's time to gather around the kitchen table for some chitter chatter. Um, this week we're going to talk about our moms. Well, not specifically, but we're going to talk about, uh, relationships with moms, um, and what those, what that looks like, what that means, um, how we navigate those things as, as black women and women of color. Um, several of our listeners have reached out to us and shared a, um, website or an mm-hmm. article that was published on madamnoir.com that was that's entitled The Strained Relationship Between Black Mothers and Their Daughters uh was written um by a young woman who I'm sure I'm gonna pronounce your name your last name wrong, but bear with me. It's Ara Iloa Boogie Boogie Chukboog Iloa Boogie. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Boogie Chuku. Yeah, that I'm so sorry. I promise. Yeah,
1: boogie Chuku, I think. Elo, is that an L or an I? It's an L. Elo, uh, and maybe it's an L and an I. Don't, I don't. Well, we can read, but either way. Um, Buki chuku. Yes. 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 I- Buki chuku. Yes, <laughs> I got it. Dream Well,
0: you did that, honey. I struggled, but anyway, uh, Ara wrote an article um, that. You know, really thought-provoking piece about you know how black women relate to their mothers, and speci- even more specifically, how we're socialized, how our how our relationships with our mothers has implications for how we exist and operate within within our adult lives. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of lots of um, so the article I, I liked. There were some things in... You know, and, and kind of some, some, some aspects of the article that I didn't quite agree with, but overall, I think it's, a, it, you know, will serve as the basis for a useful conversation. So I just thought we would chit chat about it around the kitchen table. Um, so I'm going to read a segment of it and then hopefully, um, you know, pose a question that will kick off our conversation. So, okay. um, It says, I know my mother loves me, not because she was the most loving, affectionate mother in the world or because she was fluent in all five love languages, but mainly because I chose to believe that everything my mother did, she did out of love, even the things that didn't feel too much like love. Growing Mm -hmm. up, my mother had three jobs, provide the necessities, keep me from being fast and remind me that we weren't friends. And boy, did she do her job so well at times that it felt like being her child was just as much a job as her being my mother.
1: Mm.
0: So that resonated with me for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. And I, I feel like before we have this, before we jump in, I want to preface this by saying this is not a, a conversation where we'll bash our moms or, Mm-mm. you know, but it is honest. Yeah. It is very honest. Um, and and we're not doing it to, you know embarrass our families or anything like that, but just more so just kinda just just have some real conversation about the ways that our mother daughter relationships have shaped different aspects of our lives
1: so and I know we had a um my bad no, says, no no go um ahead. we had a a previous episode very early on uh I get it from my mama, which was more so about us turning into our mothers. And there might be a couple of repeated things just because that kind of falls into the conversation. But we realized that in reading this article and a lot of conversation that we already have with one another, that uh, a strained relationship between Black mothers and daughters is actually a lot more common than um, than probably one would think. A lot of people I know think that they're on their own when it comes to that but there's a lot of people self-included who struggle with that um and so like Kia said to reiterate we're not here to bash our mothers but we do want to have honest and open conversation because that is a struggle that we're all that a lot of us are dealing with excuse me um and if it doesn't apply to you it doesn't apply to you right but I know that I know that I deal with it and I know a lot of us who do deal with it and uh, we think it's something important to talk about. Agreed. Um, so since I'm going to ask you, what, how would you describe
0: your relationship with your mom, you know, as a, as a, as a child, as a teen um, versus how you would describe your relationship with your mom right now? Like, are there, are there differences um, in nature or, you know, of, the, of y'all's relationships? What did it look like then? What does it look like now?
1: My mom was a very black mother. um, (laughs) And I quote, growing up, my mother had three jobs, provide the necessities, (laughs) keep me from BFS, and remind me that we weren't friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like growing up, you know, my mom was was the disciplinarian. Like I was disciplined by my father. Like he was, you know, he was very involved. They were married. Um, but And I was disciplined by him, but he still was a lot more lenient than my mother was. My mother was a lot more strict. Um, to the point where I didn't always understand it. I thought it was just her telling us, no, she did not want us to have no fun with anything. But, um, and I also, I had a, it was almost kind of a fearful thing a lot of times because I was always scared of her reactions to things as opposed to needing to go to her about certain things. And I think that that carried into adulthood because she still sometimes keeps the same mentality of you are my child. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we, uh, my mother is not speaking to me, to be perfectly honest with you all right now, right now. Um, And, you know, in the last conversation we had, my mother said to me, you know, you my child and something, something, something. And I was like, I'm your child, but I'm not a child. So, you know, I still respect you as my mother, but we need to be able to have open conversation and respect each other's differences in order for it to be progressive. And uh, sometimes that's a struggle. Agreed. A struggle. Um,
0: I think a lot of times moms, moms. I don't know, I want to speak for all moms generally, but I have definitely had experiences where my mom felt like compliance equals respect. Like in order mm-hmm. for me to respect her, I had to do what she says or agree with what she says or, um, you know, all of that and that speaks to the nature of our relationship as you know when when I was growing up so mm. i really really felt like it was it was outcome based <laughs> um as a child i think our 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 dynamic was different and i mean y'all i i may have said this before cuz i say this often i feel like my relationship with my mom, like I I felt like I was my mom's staff growing up and my brother was her son. Um, I think she, she had an expectation. She had expectations of me. I had deliverables. There were things that she required um, of our dynamic that, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, in, one one of the things that I was missing from that is like that nurturing space. I don't feel like, you know, the, the t- uh, our mother-daughter moments were fewer and far between when I was younger. Now, after I got grown, um, that changed. But I think that the ways that we interacted, those transactional kind of interactions that we had as I was growing up, definitely shaped the way that I kind of give and receive and perceive love. Um, you know, in, in ways, and I feel like those, that's one of the ways that I can see it manifesting in my adult life. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, sorry. No, you're
1: fine.
0: In the article, the author raises three specific points about the ways that, like gives provides three specific examples of the ways that relation, mother daughter relationships, um, can be strained between black moms and black daughters. She talked about moms uh, struggling with accountability um, mm. or feeling like any any not wanting to discuss anything. Like if, if there was ever any grievance or issue that a daughter has against her mother, when when that conversation mm. is broached, it's always like you know um, a defense. You know, a, a defensive
1: response, a defense and a justification.
0: Yeah, so it's like, and, and it's always it always reverts back to like, but I provided for you. You had what you needed. Um, you know, don't don't ask me about how you were treated when you had food and clothing and shelter, Um, because you know those were my priorities. Um and right. I thought that that was especially. I thought that was especially interesting because growing up now, I feel like I have different perspective, and I'm able to see the ways in which my mom was not only a mom, but my mom was a woman. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, mm-hmm. I can kind of see um, why she would get defensive because in in my mm-hmm. specific situation, my mom was acting, you know. Fulfilling both parental roles at the time. Um, Right. And, you know, she was doing all that she could. So I could see why her, any kind of complaint would be met with the response of like, how dare you say that this is not enough when I'm literally working my fingers to the bone to ensure that you guys Mm -hmm. have what you need. Um, But... She, uh, the author makes an interesting, an interesting point for many black mothers, the idea that you could ever be guilty of any wrongdoing against their child, a person that they take care of is just absurd. Instead, they remind you that they're slightly capable of benevolence by inviting you to complete some menial task with them. So like a reinvitation to their space and should, it should mm-hmm. then come as no surprise that as we become women, we continue to accept deflection and pleasantry in place of old apologies. Um, So, like, she uses the example of, like, you know, her and her sisters would confront her mom about something, you know, mom, we don't like it when you do this. Or when you do this, this Mm -hmm. makes us feel like X, Y, Z. And her mom would get defensive and, Mm -hmm. you know, hear them, but, you know, always provide some sort of justification. And then her attempt to make amends wouldn't be like, I'm sorry, or I know that I was wrong. It would be like, you want to go to the store with me?
1: Uh-huh.
0: You, want run, you want to run this errand <laughs> with me? Come on, girl. Let's go. Let's go to the store. But yes. um, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like that was something that that I could connect to. How about you?
1: Same. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, that is the same thing. My mother rarely apologized. My father, did my father apologize? He would apologize. My mother rarely apologized. It'd just be like, hmm. All right, I'm gonna take you to cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> like or, you know, that was her little thing. She'd take us, you know, somewhere on Friday. We can get whatever we want to eat or whatever. But like she wouldn't really apologize. And it was very defensive. And I grew up with a sister. Yeah. So both of us would go to her and be like, yo, like, that was really mean. <laughs> like you weren't that was really mean what you said or how you acted or whatever. Or like, we don't think you should have came at us like that. Like, come on, let's have a let's talk. And she would not be trying to hear it at all. Like she was not trying to hear us. It's like, y'all, the children, shut up, get exactly. out of here. <laughs> you know, I don't need to listen to you right now. I don't have to listen. I don't have to do nothing. And that's not always, it's not always the best attitude um, because we have to remember, especially me um, right now, like right in this current moment that we have, you know, our example is so key. To our children. And we talk about that. We talked about that last week on Getting Grown. We talked about that on Friend Zone. We talk about it all the time. But our example is so key. And if I don't teach you to have some humility through my actions, such as apologizing when I'm wrong. Because adults can be wrong when it comes to kids. If I don't teach you about that humility through my actions, then how am I going to tell you to be that type of person? Agreed. And it also how are you going to grow up to be a humble person and you don't have, you're not growing up with humble people leading you by example.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that, that lack of transparency, you know, from, from moms um, often leads to kind of like, uh, it also can lead to unreasonable expectations of, you know, or, or or alter perceptions of like this, this is not real life, right? So, um, my mom. One of the things that was a frustration for me is that my mom always presented herself as one who did what she was supposed to do was never ever wrong, um, and she didn't make any mistakes. If she did, she suffered the consequences and then learned from that mistake immediately and never made that mistake again. And I think a lot of that (laughs) pressure carried over into her expectations of me such that it was really, really hard for me to come to my mom when I was scared or afraid or when Mm. I had messed up. Um, and that was that, that, um, safe space did not exist within our relationship at critical, critical times. So when I had questions Mm. about sex or relationships as, you know, in high school or, in college, um, I didn't feel like I could talk to my mother about it because she had set a standard such that I was supposed to know better when it comes to these things. And that was tough to navigate. Um, because, you know, when you don't, when you can't go to your mom. A lot of times you go to your friends or you go to other people in your life who may or may not, uh, give you the best advice, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think you know that's one of the things going forward. You know, if I ever if if I ever get the opportunity to be a mom and especially to a daughter, I think that that's one of the things I'm going to try to be conscious of, is like you know finding that balance between having a standard for your children and establishing that such that you know I'm the mom and these this is what my expectation mm-hmm. is. But you can always feel safe enough to say, you know, I'm struggling to meet this expectation. Um, or you know, and 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 me being open enough to say, hey, girl, there were times where I didn't meet it either, and let's just talk about right. that.
1: So, so you don't yeah. feel alone. You Absolutely. Know I I told you all. I think I told the story on the other mother episode, but a, bit, a huge thing that's carried over, um, with like I said with my mother, and it's such a big thing, um, is is like a distrusting factor, and and also that secrecy as well that you spoke about, because like. So I told you, I said before, I was like, when my ex-fiance called our wedding off, that's the first time that I heard that my father did the same thing to my mother. That's the first time that these niggas <laughs> opened their mouth and my mom was like, oh, well, th- your father did the same thing to me. I'm like, but y'all got married. Like, you got married in, in, in Mimi and Papa's living room. And she's like, oh, yeah, girl, that was, that was the rushed wedding, the original wedding was called off because your father had a girlfriend. I was like, what? Oh! <laughs> Literally a mirrored mm-hmm. situation. Exact same thing happened to me. And I, it was a whole to-do and they did end up getting married. That did not happen for me. But they did end up getting married. But I didn't know about that until this shit happened to me. That is Something's wrong with that.
0: So do you think we- that if you had known that your mom had had that experience that you would have been... More prompt, more. It would have been
1: maybe you wouldn't have had to go through it. Um, not even necessarily that I wouldn't have had to go through it, but I, I think I might not have felt so alone because even after it happened, her reaction to it is like, okay, if this happened to you, like there, were, obviously there was a huge level of sympathy that she had, but at the same time. You know, she started going into these other tangents about, well, you know, I just don't want... And she would talk to my cousin. She would always... That was another thing that irritated me. She talked to my cousin and would not talk to me. She'd like, I just don't want Jade going, you know, down a wrong. Like, I just don't want her doing things she's going to regret because this nigga pulled these stunts. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, you know, she was alluding to the fact that she had probably done some things she wasn't too proud of in lieu of her heartbreak or whatever. But she never would say what it was. And I'm like, if you would open your mouth and talk to me about your experience and just be candid with me, because clearly I'm an adult. I'm going through something very serious right now. like, And you had an exact same situation and you keep talking around it, but you won't talk directly about it. And that shit got on my nerves. And I'm like, we could really bond here. Like, we could really have a moment here where if you would just open up and stop being so stifled and worried about the fact that we're your children and know that maybe some of the things that you've gone through will help us in the future, things might be a little bit different.
0: Do you think that that pressure is about something though? Like, I think that, well, as a mom, can you speak to that? Like, is there a pressure for you to, you know, carry this, this image of perfection around your uh, child. Or, you know, do you feel like do is it that parents feel like in order for me to enforce this rule, I have to act like I never ever broke it?
1: <laughs> I yeah, I think that's what it is. I think because I think parents are so afraid of judgment from their children and that they might use it against them and that they feel like the when they, when they talk about leading by example, they think that leading by example is lying as if you've never gone through something and it's unrealistic. And I think that if a lot more, especially parents of color would let those walls down and those guards down and really speak very candidly to their children, like, yo, I did this. Cause a lot, if you like a lot of, I'm not going to just say fathers because there are a lot of mothers who are very open, but we're speaking about a specific type of mother that we grew up with,
0: right? And I don't want um, to
1: generalize, right? So this, right. this is—we're not saying that all black mothers
0: do this no, or this not had to be all. your experience. We're just kind of talking about the ways in which our relationships with our moms have steered and shaped the ways that we exist in the world
1: today. Absolutely, because this whole article, as even with some some things like Kia said that I. I don't necessarily identify or agree with. Um, she did make a lot of really good points. And this is my personal experience. You know what I'm saying? Like this is something that I can speak to, but I know that's not for everybody. Um, but what did you ask me? I'm sorry.
0: Um, do you think that I don't remember. Do you think that, <laughs> that, that um dang, I was I know, right? I was saying that um what
1: I don't know. I feel like I was talking about the pressure that you feel to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. No, I don't I don't personally feel the pressure to be perfect because I'm trying to change that that little narrative there. Um and even though Noah's super young right now and she doesn't need to know everything, um, I'm trying to change that narrative where when she does get to a point where she starts experiencing things she doesn't feel like she's going through it alone or she's the first person to ever have done it. And I think that's the problem with a lot of teenagers is that they feel like they're the first and the only to ever have gone through these issues. Right. And I think a lot of that stems from feeling like they're alone because there's a lack of transparency within that, that, that parental relationship. Do you think that it is
0: possible to have that transparency, but still, Enforce the standard of like, you know, I am the parent and these are my expectations of, you know, these these are absolutely my expectations as a kind of person that I want to raise you to be, um, you know, but I can still let you know that I didn't get it right all the time.
1: I think I think it's very, very, very possible. Like it's about being. I mean, it's, you know, you might have to hold a few things. You know what I'm saying? Your kids don't need to know about every, you know, I don't know, every incident of fellatio that happened <laughs> in your oh youth. Or, you know what I'm saying? Don't even know every time you gave it up. Like, they don't need to know all of that. But at the same time, like, you can keep it real with them. And then you can also set an expectation um, without instilling fear, but instilling a respect and instilling that, that knowing that they have a safe space there, I think it's very possible. And I think it just comes from the way that we communicate with our children. You know what I'm saying? Discipline is key, but that's not always the first resort. You know what I'm saying? And there's a way for your kids to respect you without them being scared of you. And I think that's where we really need to try to change that. Because I had a fear always of my mother's reactions. I still have that. I still don't have that. I know that I'm not scared of much, but I, like hurry. And it's, now it's more it's so not, like, a Lord, I know she's about to like, I don't even want to hear it right now. I'm not um, even. It's not like, yeah, a, I'm sorry. What did you say? No, 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 you're fine. I'm just saying she can't give me no beating, but <laughs> I still like, I don't want to hear it. That's the thing. It's <laughs> not a
0: fear. Like she's going, to, like I'm going to get in trouble, but it is just the anxiety around having to to have that conversation. Um, and you know, for me, it's just all about picking my battles at this point in my life. Mm. And Mm. it's just, I still don't feel like I can talk to my mother about some things, not because I don't feel like she's open to the conversation, but there are things that I don't feel like my mom has the experience or the exposure to Mm -hmm. in order to engage in the conversation in meaningful ways. So I was talking to Mm -hmm. Jade before we started recording about how I really, really struggle in talking to my mom about dating and dating relationships because I don't feel like, I feel like, well, I feel like me and my mother have had completely different dating experiences. (laughs) Um, and we dated and we are date. We date, she dated in a world that is separate and distinct from the world that I'm dating within. And she will never know what it's like to be 35 and have never been married. Um, and living in a place you know away from your family so like the context that surrounds my experience is something that she will never have any concept of and i don't feel like she's open to acknowledging that <laughs> um mm-hmm. i think she still projects her beliefs her ideas her experiences on to mine in ways that don't make sense right um so and and i mean the world is just a different world like My mom has no complex concept of what Netflix and chill could ever mean. She would be like, you, this man, he, he wants to come into your house, (laughs) like, and do what?
1: He wants to VHS
0: and sleep. I mean, excuse me. Um, but yeah, like she would never ever get it. And that makes it tough, right? Because I feel like sometimes in spaces where I need to have that kind of advice from an older woman, or just, just her perspective about things. I don't feel like I can't talk to her about those things because she just sees the world in a different way. Yeah. Much like That's a, I haven't, I yeah. still haven't told her about this show because I, my mom has, a... <laughs> I just, I feel like her apprehension of the internet and me presenting myself on it and what that would mean, um, I don't think she has any concept of what this means. And 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 when I think about having to explain it to her, it's just really stressful. So, um as far as she Damn. knows, I just work a lot. And I do. <laughs> I do. Um and I feel like the opportunity will present itself for me to show her um because I think she need. She would need to to experience it in a way that to help her see the complexity behind it.
1: That and that is super. Like that is so key. What you just said because my mom knows about the show. My mom knows about both the shows. She don't like it, but she knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my entire life, my mother has been telling me to watch my filth she's been kicking me out of her car. I want, can you listen to your filth when you get out of my car? Can you watch your mouth? It's always been a watch your mouth <laughs> and a watch your filth. Um, But I, I think that when she, my mom is, you know, she's social media savvy and all of that. So I think that um when she sees certain things, when she sees certain interactions and little things that I'll post, she'll be like, well what is it you do? Like I don't understand like these people just sit up here and listen to you in your filth all day. <laughs> like no, not all not day. All day. <laughs> not all day. But enough That's where it actually it actually is a job for me, Ma. like this is not I think she thinks it's some kind of hobby where I'm I'm fulfilling some sort of need to 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 feel important or something and she she thinks I sit up on some microphone and do and do nothing. And I'm like this is actually a, it's a job. Like there are things that go into it. And it's beneficial. It's helpful. And I think that is a huge difference in our generation is that we're able to talk about a lot of things that we're dealing with and going through and that we've experienced to try to uplift and build one another. And they just look at it as running your mouth and telling your family secrets and telling too much of your business.
0: Yeah, I think work and concepts of work and what it means. um, you know, identity and how we present and how, like, all that stuff, it looks really different now than it did when they were our age. So I can, like, even things as small as, like, my haircut or my hair color. Um, Mm -hmm. My mom has serious reservations (laughs) for how those things impact how I present and how I'm perceived in the world. And I mean, they might, but I think the difference between her and I is that I don't care, <laughs> um, right. in the ways that she does. Um, right. and that's still, I feel like that's still a hard hurdle for us to get over. Um, because, and I get it right. Cause they were socialized during a time, you know, when respectability was, was a larger conversation than, um, uh, preference right it was like a a means for survival like it was it was how they were able to kind of navigate and get through and progress to get to the things Mm -hmm. and to and to achieve what they wanted to achieve so I get it um but I think the struggle between myself and my family sometimes is that we don't like they don't believe that two things can be true at the same time Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole notion of absolute truth is something that we struggle with and sometimes it's just easier for me to just not have the conversation um, so like when I go home I don't want the whole time that I'm home to be about the fact that I have blonde hair I'm like right. <laughs> I would much rather spend right. time with my family and 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 love on them and cherish them And appreciate the time that we have together and, you know, really, really just share that space and time. And I don't want to spend it arguing or proving the point as to why I have a podcast or why I'm doing live shows and what that means for my life and my work. And I understand and appreciate and respect their concern. But I also want them to respect and appreciate the fact that I can make my own decisions um, and, you know, navigate the consequences and implications of those decisions as a
1: grown adult person. Hey, that is a, that is a word. <laughs> so I don't, you know, my parent. we don't live in the same place. And I feel like every time we get together, it's some very long drawn out discussion about something involving my uh-huh. weed. usually weed. Oh, my and, <laughs> I I don't want to have that conversation constantly because it all, like it's it's just always something. I remember when I, I started getting tattooed. I I got my first tattoo at like sixteen. But yes, yes, um, salt pepper ketchup, you know, <laughs> salt pepper ketchup, you know what I'm saying? Extra level sauce. <laughs> But that's why I got my first one. But, you know, I started getting more visible ones. And my mother, you're not going to get a job. Like, why are you doing that to your body? I made that. I body made it. Whoa. Soy- skirt, skirt,
0: skirt, skirt, skirt. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Water. Water. Like, let's just pump your brakes. I love you. I respect you to pieces. But, um. You, you, I appreciate the gift in which I'm living uh, and and the canal in which I came from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I understand the struggle in which you went through, but uh, you know, I'm going to be all right. Like I'm going to get a job. I'm going to have a lot of jobs. Now I have like 12. Yeah, man. You know what I'm, I'm out here working. You know? Lots of tattoos and lots of jobs. <laughs> so it's fine. And I, and I do, I really understand that a lot of what they feel, you know, me and my mother's last argument was literally about weed. It's like, and I have to, I have, and I told her, I said, if you, if you are willing to have a productive conversation in which we may come to a conclusion where we agree to disagree, I was like, we can do that, but I'm just going to let you know I feel differently than you do. And I don't have any, pro- you know, I, I'm just letting you know that's what it is. And this has been a long, this has been a, a long conversation. I'm sure. Okay. This conversation has been going on for a very long time. And it's like, I'm still a productive member of society. This is a different day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not David Ruffin out here sneaking <laughs> into, you know, abandoned houses and things. I don't, a spoon. I don't carry a spoon in my backpack oh my God. and a lighter in a pipe like you know it's just you know there's not a belt in there no needles like it's a completely different type of situation and if you want to talk about it and the progression of it then let's do that but i need you to hear where i'm coming from she don't always want to hear where i'm coming from and that's just and that's unfortunate you know what i'm saying
0: absolutely Um... um So I'm gonna I'm gonna segue a bit because I wanted to talk about one more thing before we wrap up the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the author of the article, um, Ara, Ara. Yes, I hope I'm saying. I'm sorry, sis. Don't cuss Ara. me out for the butchering your name, I, I don't, don't hate need it. Don't we will leave us. the link in the description box. Um, but she made a point about the ways in which our relationships with our moms have shaped our relationships with other women. Um, specifically Mm -hmm. around friendships and how our moms were how mothers can be vocal about Mm -hmm. um, yeah, about your little friends and really kind of setting the tone for distrust, right? Um, She says, a lot Mm -hmm. of our mothers are the reason we don't get along with other Black women and a lot of their mothers are the reason they didn't know any better. I was raised in a home where I learned two things about women very early on. The first being that they were not to be trusted, and the second being that you didn't keep too many around. Although my mother had friends that were women, she often spoke of them with distrust and anxiousness. Despite her reservations, I knew my mother to keep a moderately active social life, laughing and dancing with women she thought ultimately wanted to see her unhappy, which taught me a great deal about keeping my friends close and my enemies closer but absolutely nothing about forging healthy positive relationships with other women.
1: Um I I I I agree with part of that and I've experienced part of that. I don't think I can say I all uh-huh. of it though. Um my mom did. I can agree with the sentiment of ha- having a few women around and not just women but people in general. You only go, you're going to walk away with three good friends in your life. I'm like, uh, I went to Barbados with seven <laughs> and they're actually some of my very best friends. <laughs> so, I don't always agree with that sentiment, you know what I'm saying? And um I I have built a I have built a network of sisters. You know what I'm saying? I have I don't just have friends, I have sisters. Um and that's no shade to my actual blood sister. I love my sister. She's the you know, only one that i have but i have sisters sister friends you know what i'm saying who i'm very proud to call my friends and there's more than two of them <laughs> there's more than three Fine. of them um and so i i can see where that has been a sentiment in the past my mother did have a super distrustful attitude when it came to like you know, friends that I had in the crib or like, she's like, I don't really like you. Like, I don't really want her back over here. Like you said, I don't really want Mm -hmm. her back over here. I don't like her. You're like, well, why? I just don't like her. But why? (laughs) Why though? Why don't you like her? I just don't, something about her I don't trust. (laughs) I'm like, but you don't know this girl. You know, and a lot of times they're right, but not always. Right. Right. (laughs) So what about you? I think that I agree. I think it
0: was a product of, I don't know, I'm, Just kind of like the work that I'm doing right now, and kind of like where I sit at in different in different spaces in my life, I see things differently, uh, or like on a on a larger, broader scale. So I guess I can attract. I think about what this says about like society and like what norms and standards are or have been in society, especially specifically around Black people. I think we're socialized to be competitive and contentious. Uh, because, you know, white folks know that there's so much strength in our community. So they literally mm-hmm. set us up to be, uh, you know, leery and distrustful of one another because they've all convinced us that we're out here chasing the same carrot, right? Because right. they know if they can get us to beat up on one another, then they don't have to worry about us beating up on them. Um, right. And I know that that might be a reach, but I see that in, in this, in this scenario, because I feel like I can I can recall times when my mom, like you said, has said, you know, I don't like you hanging out with that girl, and has not been able to articulate or either chose not to articulate a reason why. Um, and I'm not saying across the board because there were some girls who she turned out to be right about. <laughs> so, so right so, exactly. No, exactly. but I, I do I do definitely feel like. We are kind of we are taught by our parents and by our families to be you know leery of of others in ways that may not be healthy um and I think that that really really can't compromise the power that can that that you know happens when we all get together and get on the same page and realize that if mm-hmm. if we all you know doing our own thing. There's enough out here for all of us to eat, right? And if you out here operating in who you are and I'm out here operating in in who I am and we get together and support each other, then our impact is, you know, maximized, right? And it multiplies Mm -hmm. beyond what it was if, if we all over here being secretive and extra, extra like, oh, we don't trust no girls to keep your circle small and all of that. I'm all for that because I agree that everybody can't go with you. Um, but I think that there are degrees to relationships and we should not be out here training up little, little girls and, and, and little boys to think that they're going to get to where they are by themselves. Cause that's just not a realistic or sustainable model.
1: No. And my mom didn't, she didn't teach me that. Like you have to get here all, all on your own. I will say that she wasn't, but, and, and she had some justifications for some of her distrust. Um, I remember her, her her, actually opening up at one point as I got a little bit older and letting me know about certain um, family friends that had been around that, you know, there was some grown things happening that I didn't know at the time. There was, you know, some real trifling women like hitting on my dad, <laughs> like mess. all kinds of stuff, so, you know, like mess, just mess. Um but there were also like I remember one time my mother like there were elements where she was just distrusting for no reason. She had one of my home girls who's my home like two, my home girl to this day one of my closest friends, and my mom was like I don't like her, you know I just don't. She never really cared for her, never had a reason on why she was like, you know she took you to the club, she took you to a haunted house. I was like you do realize I went to the club, right? I went to the haunted and house and I would have went without her, <laughs> like I wanted to. Just, I went because I wanted to. Go. God bless you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You may not like it, but your daughter did the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? And somebody else's mother could be sitting up here looking at me talking about, I don't like her. I don't want that girl back in my house. And that's not how you raised me. So why don't treat my friends like that? Why don't treat my people like that? And I know it was sometimes my mom had a had, has a way sometimes of making, you know, she can be very warm. My parents are super hospitable. They love entertaining. But my mom is also very high stress. So she entertains, but it's to a certain expectation. When things ain't right, she starts getting stressed. She starts stressing us out, stressing us out. And, you know, sometimes it may not go the way that she wants to. And there's somebody there, you know, you hanging out, and it's very much like, uh, can I talk to you for a second? It's very like, make the room uncomfortable. And it don't have to be like that. Absolutely. And that's something that I'd like to change, you know, in how I and how I react with Noah because that's embarrassing. And it, you know, you carry that shit with you. And it's like, you do, I carry, I carry it with me to the point, even as an adult, where it's like, yo, I have some really close friends and I don't know if I want to necessarily introduce you to them. Cause I don't know how you're going to make people feel. Agreed. Cause
0: I, I, I think that one of the things, one of the things that I have definitely noticed and perceived is that my, my family can have resistance, like a straight up aberration to change and difference. Right. Um, and, and just because things are different than what we know, what we believe, what we've experienced, that they are in some way wrong. Um, and I don't think that that's, that's altogether fair. And I, I mean, I have really tried in my own way to,
1: yeah.
0: to help my mom and my family to kind of see things differently. Um, Mm -hmm. in my own gentle way, right? Because, you know, I'm just, I have to be real and honest. I come from super, super traditional, conservative, Christian, good black stock, right? Like, and, um. Mm, Yes, you do. (laughs) And there are, there are just certain, certain things that members of my family have never, ever been exposed to. Um, Mm -hmm. and as such, they have developed some problematic thinking about right and i have been very conscious about taking occasion taking opportunities as they present themselves to kind of check them on some of the things that they say like yeah you cannot say that don't say that no more like that's that's not true like we don't know that how do you know that questioning and just pushing back um in ways that i feel like you know This is what it means to get grown and be an adult for real, right? So it's not just about just carrying on those problematic, like carrying those problematic ideas and notions like from generation to generation. Because when you know better, you do better, right?
1: Right. Like you cannot use the F word anymore. You You cannot cannot use it. You cannot. You cannot call people those things. Like you got to (laughs) stop. right and like no more f-word no no more sword fighting no no more any of that don't say any of of that it's all wrong and you know
0: (laughs) even about like you know i've had to check people about you know redskins and indians and all some of that some of that problematic language like cut that out all right that's over that's canceled and i mean and Um, it's not just what's been helpful for me it's like it's not just like you know let me tell you why this is wrong and why you shouldn't say this but let me tell you that you you go outside and you say some of this stuff outside, you're going to get some pushback from people now. Um, you know, you you have to be conscious of what you say outside of this house. <laughs> um, so yes. I want you to I want you to to be thoughtful about that um, going forward. And I think that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? I thought this conversation really is on par with what I what I what our show is all about, because as you get older and as you know better. And do better, it's your responsibility to kind of take these lessons and learn them and apply them and carry them on for future generations of your family. Um, mm. you know, even for those of us who've not yet become parents, right? We still got work to do. Right. Um and having having taking well taking time to think about your relationships with your family and how they how these relationships have been strained or maybe how they have evolved or changed over time is really useful in helping you shape mm-hmm. how you want to live your life as an adult.
1: Um, I, um, I I like, I really, you know, I've been talking about therapy for some time and I, you know, you speak really highly yeah, of therapy. It's life changing. I will never be the same. Crystal speaks super, super highly of of therapy. My other best friend, um, speaks really highly of therapy, and I actually, as I was thinking, because I think because this conversation is not just a conversation that we had right. today uh, for the show. Like this is ongoing because this is a a constant issue that that I know we both deal with. Um, but I want to go to therapy to be a better parent. Mm-hmm. I want to go to therapy to not saying that my parents were bad no, not parents, at they were good parents My you know what I'm saying, I want to make sure that that's very yes. clear, right and I'm going to tell you, I love this because, yeah. and I thought, like Kirsten, like Kia said she came from some really good Christian stock I can really show up to somebody's family's function and they'd be like, oh, she <laughs> no. is not no, 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 and I just knew I said, I'm going to walk up no. in this church and they're going to see all these tattoos and no, all no, <laughs> they're no. going to just be like but they don't act like that. They didn't act like that at all. They were very warm. They were very loving. They were very receiving. Um, and I can say on every occasion that I've seen Kia's family that they've been super loving. But um, I, that was a tangent. <laughs> I, I want to go to therapy to be a better parent because I just want to be able to change some of those things that I know caused and created a couple of issues that I might have currently. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want Noah to carry that into her adulthood. And we'll have our own share of issues because we're imperfect human beings. You know what I'm saying? These are, it's family dynamics. You're all, you know, there's going to be, those are the closest people to you fight with the closest people to you. But if I can make this as healthy of an environment as possible by starting with me dealing with my own shit and, and stuff that I've dealt with, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Growing up and carried, I don't want to carry that into, how I raise her. And so to try to tweak some of those things, I think therapy is going to be a really good, really good move.
0: Absolutely. I mean, just because not only like working through issues or drama or or problems or stress or challenges, but therapy has really been helpful in just like giving me new insight and new perspective and new understanding about, you know, just kind of the way that I am, who I am and what Mm -hmm. that means um, for who I want to be. So like we were talking about before the show, like in trying to figure out dating and how I relate to to men and why it's been like, you know, I feel like I'm banging my head up against this wall (laughs) and it's like not really going nowhere. (laughs) I had a breakthrough with my therapist during one of our first sessions about like, you know, what my ideals were or what, what this ideal relationship that i was chasing was in relation to how i exist in and you know how i exist in relationships what i believe about relationships what i was taught about relationships through my mom you know what i'm saying and what was modeled for me and really just seeing like you know you want to know why you act like this and you told me how your mother acts like you act like your mother like your mother didn't teach you how to be in a relationship with a man. She taught you how to take care of yourself. That's why all these niggas is asking you why you so busy. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. Like that's it. that's it. And that kind of perspective I think is absolutely critical because it just a lot of times because we exist in our lives, you know, and and we do so like, you know, in real time, we we're not we don't have the capacity to look objectively at what we're doing and why mm-hmm. we're doing it and what we could change if we want to see a different result.
1: Absolutely absolutely
0: so man that's our weekly plug right yes. our weekly plug for therapy because we tend to do that I guess yeah. now
1: yes but um. it's fine because it's necessary and I think that a lot of our mothers went to therapy for a lot of the issues that they have that come from their childhood and them growing up and also their personal experiences I think that if that started sooner it would absolutely. shape things differently but you can't cry over spilled milk you can only just you can only do better. <laughs>
0: yeah. And everything happens for a reason, right?
1: Everything.
0: So we, we not, we don't have no regrets, no, no, no regrets. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's just about like, you know, it's all about the process. It's all about the steps and you got to start from the bottom in order to to get to the top. So yeah. it is what it is. And we just going to keep progressing and moving forward. Like Jay was saying, we were hoping to present this conversation in order to, you know, just, you know, get us thinking along the lines of, you know, who we are now as grown women and mm-hmm. how that how that impacts our relationship with our moms um because you know it does right, yep. so we should we should we should be intentional about thinking about these things instead of just like going with the flow because that's sometimes flying by the city of your pants doesn't necessarily lead to the the outcome that you want
1: right right, so yeah, that's, we hope it was helpful, like we you know we just want you all to know that. If you are dealing with this, if this is something that you, you know, it sits on your mind, it sits on your heart, you're not the only one. Nope. And, you know, it's just something like Kia said that we have to keep working on. And if um, you don't have a strong relationship with your mama, leave us some tips. Right. <laughs> leave us some information.
0: Give us some insight. Uh, I mean, you know, whatever your situation may be, weigh in on the conversation, as y'all always do in the comments um, and then on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know, um, you know, join us at the kitchen table because, you know, this is
1: what it's all about. Absolutely. We will see you all next. Oh, no. We have three more segments. What are you
0: talking about? (laughs) I'm like, are we ending the show right now? No. Are we we skipping something?
1: We absolutely have like two more segments. Okay.
0: Okay. So. All right. Let's do the. on. You want to skip one? We can skip one. uh,
1: Let's move on to the Odyssey box. All right. <laughs> my dumbass. <laughs> co-produced by afropunk and how stuff works afropunk solution sessions is a podcast that explores real world solutions to the problems that marginalized people face from running for political office to restorative justice to activism afropunk solution sessions arms people with the knowledge and tools they need to affect change and build power in black communities Every Wednesday, co hosts Bridget Todd and Eve Jeffcoat speak with members of the Afropunk community, celebrated thinkers, and community leaders like Stacey Abrams, Matthew Kincaid, and Patrice Cullors about how to resist oppression and stay engaged. Afropunk Solution Sessions is inciting meaningful conversations and motivating people to make a difference. Some of these conversations include What does it mean for Black people to have a seat at the table? How can we expand reproductive rights for marginalized people? How can we reclaim our space? Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Honestly, truly. All right, let's get into this honesty box. Oh boy. All right, and they want to be kept anonymous, so we will not say any names. Hi, Jade and Kia. I hope you're both doing well. I've been a listener from the beginning and love the podcast. Keep up the great work and content. Thank you. Thanks, sis. Here's my conundrum. I'm getting married in September and we're about to send out wedding invitations. Okay. My fiance does not want to invite his biological father because he's not really been there for him as a father throughout his life. Over our relationship of the last four and a half years, I've seen their relationship go through spells of no contact and arguments, as well as some decent spots where they were in contact and were amicable. He's been nice to me on the occasions where we've interacted and was there when we got engaged. So I don't really hold ill will toward him and how he's treated me. My fiancé has already told his dad that he would not be receiving recognition as, as such at the wedding and that his dad understood that. On the other side of things, my mom is adamant that my fiancé's dad be there since he is still his dad. My own dad passed away in 2016, so it's going to be hard for him not to be there to walk me down the aisle. Our condolences. Sis. Uh-huh. I'm really torn on how I feel about all of this. Obviously, I get that his dad is not put in... The time and effort to really get that recognition as his dad so I understand where my fiance is coming from. On the other hand, not inviting him is something that can't be taken back and who knows how their relationship may change in the future. As another layer to this, my mom is taking care of the bulk of the wedding expense with my fiance and I helping out. Um, When my fiance asked his dad if he could help out with some of the expense really the rehearsal dinner, he told him he couldn't since he's not currently working. I think that adds another consideration because it does make you feel some type of way for someone to come in and take credit as a father of the groom when he didn't help at all with the wedding or the reception. My parents, just my mom, have always been incredibly supportive. Uh, Now, just my mom, excuse me, have always been incredibly supportive. And after we get married, we'll be continuing to live with my mom while we save up for a house. My fiance moved in with my mom and me about a year ago to be able to save for the wedding. I say this because it's hard for me to wrap my mind around a parent not supporting their child, financially, emotionally, and otherwise, because that's never been my experience. Also, to add more background, my fiancé's mom lives out of state, about two hours away, and is financially not really able to help because she's on disability and raising my fiancé's youngest brother as a single parent. But here's the kicker. Even on a fixed income, she and my fiancé's brother visited us yesterday at our house, and she asked me what is something we would like off of our registry that we'd completed the day before. I pointed out a dish set and she purchased it on the spot, which is the first wedding gift that we will receive. She's embraced me and is very supportive of our relationship. I don't know how to approach things at the wedding if he does come, where he will sit at the ceremony, reception, so forth and so on. I'm not sure how to proceed with these types of things. My mom is keeping up appearances kind of person and doesn't... Why well, we just had a conversation about that. Huh. And doesn't want things to appear awkward or strained at the wedding while my fiance isn't an it is what it is kind of person and couldn't care less if his dad isn't there. Though he said that he couldn't be cordial if his dad... Or he could be cordial if his dad was there. What should we do? On the financial aspect, is, is it fair to acknowledge him in the key areas in the wedding if he does not contribute? Or should we let bygones be bygones and proceed as if nothing's wrong? So. Um, what do you think, sis? I don't
0: feel like this is your call. mm I think that that is your fiance's daddy <laughs> um and i don't know that this is something that you should involve yourself directly in the decision making about i think that's just me i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. if i would if i i would throw my weight around if your fiance says he doesn't want him there or he's indifferent about him being there or not i don't know if if it were me, if I was still kind of be assertive and saying yeah. like, okay, so your dad's going to come and he's going to do X, Y, Z. Because I don't know if, if that's your place.
1: Um, that, yeah. I. So I, I hope you receive this with love because I mean it with love, but I'm going to be very candid with you. I think both you and your mother are a little bit too involved in that decision. And like Kia said, that's not your decision to make. That's your fiance's decision to make. And if he so chooses to have his father in the wedding in whatever capacity that he's involved, that is totally up to him. Absolutely. Um you placed a lot of importance on financial responsibilities. And while I one thousand percent understand because <laughs> it is not exp- it is expensive to throw anything, you know, I think with uh the way the the fragility of their relationship um you need to give him that freedom and that space to be able to make the decision on if he wants his father involved and how he wants his father involved and kind of just learn to take a step back when it comes to certain things like that um and I'm I'm telling you that from experience Yes man, you know what I'm saying? I'm you know, just I'm saying this without saying this, <laughs> but I'm telling you from experience and we all have to learn how to take a back seat when it comes to certain matters that are not ours to deal with even if they are our partners. And Absolutely. being partners means and seeing being partners and being compatible partners and and having a a strong relationship includes Learning how sometimes you got to let people be what they want to be and do what they're going to do. Yeah, um, totally. With certain decisions that don't really have anything to do with you.
0: Yeah, I don't think that you want to be in a position where you would be between this man and his father. No. And I know your mother. Over some money. Yeah, and your mother ain't got no business being no, in no. between <laughs> any of this. So. No. Listen again, um we are not at all you ask for our our opinions and we're we're that's, just offering them. I don't mm-hmm. really like I said, I, I wish you all the best and, and much continued success in your marriage and in your future.
1: But Absolutely, congratulations I really,
0: really feel like this is the case where you should defer to your fiance and whatever he says he wants, then you say okay.
1: And you live your life. Because you need to remember that if it's a decision about your family, and it's something that you might not think he necessarily needs to speak up on, you have to, he's going to have to give you that same respect. You know what I'm saying? And there are matters that you have to deal with together, but in certain ones like this, you have to learn how to pick your battles. And I think this is one that you need to let him have by himself. Yep so we hope that was helpful uh continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com um sis again it's all with love keep us updated and congratulations on everything we hope the wedding is beautiful i'm sure it will be and we hope everything works out and turns out the way that it needs to let's move straight on to the parade of petty and I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. Honey.
0: All right, let's get to the petty. Um, I have been trying to be diligent in the gym. I'm tired of holding my stomach in and it is too hot for Spanx. <laughs> um, my petty peeve is gym related on today. Um... And I don't really know. I don't really have a fancy buildup or or anything like that. I will just say that. Why are people so creepy? (laughs) I hate gym creeps. I really Mm. wish that we all could just be in the gym and be about our business of personal fitness. And whatever Mm. ways that we choose to, you know, realize our fitness goals. I wish that, you know, niggas wouldn't stand over you and ask stupid questions. I wish that niggas wouldn't tap you when you're in the middle of your workout and you, like, literally yes. focused and in the zone and and trying to get, you know, wherever you were trying to go. <laughs> I wish niggas wouldn't ask you questions. Like, I don't know, like, what is that? I
1: wish they'd stop offering to show you workouts. Like, like- shut
0: up. I've stopped offering to train me. Just, just, just leave me alone. Just mm. leave me alone and stop taking over more than one machine. Like, I know you got a little circuit you doing and you got to use, you bouncing from one ad machine to the next. You cannot do that during peak gym hours. If Bro. if you're going to have a whole circuit, <laughs> then you need to go to the gym at four o'clock in the morning when ain't nobody in there but you.
1: But if every, or 11 p.m.
0: Right. If everyone is in the gym, like, you know, at 6 a.m. right before work, or if everyone's in the gym at 6 p.m. right after work, you don't get to have all five of the leg machines at your leisure. We all not going to stand here and wait for you to finish your circuit. I'm so sorry,
1: ma'am, sir. No, <laughs> I'm not. Yo, they're, they're like toddlers. Like it's mine. No, I'm playing with all of these at the same time. It's like no, no, nigga, one at a time. You can literally only use one machine at a time. Like leave me alone. Like take some breaths or do some stretching in between while I'm doing my sets. But we're gonna rotate here in this public gym that we all pay to be in. Yes. See, this is why I stay fat because I can't do it. That's my petty peeve,
0: man. Stop being, stop being gym gym creeps. Stop lurking and hovering over me. And then stop thinking that you're going to just commandeer all the machines and I'm going to wait for you to finish. I'm not. You're, you're going to be mad. You're going to be mad with me.
1: I have two petty peeves. One of them is a now a piggyback off of yours. Okay. And then the other one is the original one that I had. Um. Because you say stop being gym creeps. Just stop being creeps. Mm. Like, niggas act like they ain't never seen ass before. And that shit is super annoying. Like, okay, it's hot outside. It is 100 degrees, okay? My cake is melting. I have to keep putting my potato salad in the cooler so that nobody gets food poisoning. And I have to run around back and forth. I need to be able to wear a light, airy romper without you opening your funky ass mouth and saying anything to me about my physique. And niggas act like you you've spent your whole life looking at ass, my nigga. You you have ass. <laughs> you have ass and hips. And you have the gall to open your mouth and say something to me. Stop acting like you ain't never seen no ass before. And I got so irritated on Saturday. I had on a romper and I'm running around. And every time I pass the nigga, it's, oh, shit, look at that. Look at that. And it's somebody tapping their friend. It's somebody saying something to me. It's five Jamaicans saying something (laughs) to me. I don't want to hear it. I'm tired of it. And I really got tired of it when I literally to the moment where we un were unloading shit, and I was at my doorstep unlocking my door, a nigga rolled his window down and said something to me on the street, and all I could all I could do is just be like, "Shut the fuck up and get out of here." I don't have anything else for you, so that's a piggyback off of yours because that's annoying, and niggas need to stop. And I know we touched on it last week, but it continues to be annoying. Mm-hmm. But my real petty peeve was for is for um. Bad parents. Oh boy. And I feel like I'm in a place where I can speak on this. You know what I'm saying? Because I have a school age, I have whatever you want to call her at this point, I, t- age child who I understand, like she sees other kids, she gets excited, she wants to go play, she gets involved. But I make sure that I have some sort of communication with the parents, whether it's like a reassuring eye, like, no, it's cool, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we had the party in the park this weekend. And I was super irritated. Like, we had little games set up, little golf set up for the kids, like, all kinds of stuff. Hula hoops, jump ropes. So, and there was a splash pad close. So this lady decides she's going to come set up shop, like, right by us. Like, there are other places, but she decides she's going to set up shop right there. With, like, 13 of her niggas. Petty. And, like, seven of them were her nigglets. Petty. So... All of her children decide they're gonna come over after they clearly have been in a splash pad. Cause you know, you know, you know, us as a people, when we be out in a splash pad or in the pool all day, we come back with a hint of gray. You know what I'm saying? 50 shades. <laughs> myself included. You know what I'm saying? Myself included. Like we come back, you know what I'm saying? Hair be puffy. Like we just be looking like, you know, we ain't had no mothers for a little bit. So the kids come, they start coming over. Can I have a flower crown? Can I have some candy? Oh. God, they—you know—I
0: would have lost sis, all of my. You know, I can't take it, and I am quick to say something to somebody else's child. It's a wonder that the mamas don't fight me down because I'm always asking a little little person where they're supposed to be.
1: I just knew. Can you have a flower that. crown? Can you can you get out of here, please? I don't know you, and you don't know my kid. Get go like. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of people are like, they're just kids. Yeah, they're just kids and it's fine. But your mother, my real irritation, my real petty peeve is with your raggedy ass mother who I'm sitting up here and I look up at and she's watching the whole thing go down. And not once does she come over here and say, come, come back to our area, get back over here, like leave those people alone. Not once does she intervene in any form or fashion to the point where I'm not put in an awkward position where I got to get your kids and tell them to get out of here when they're really just being kids, but you should know better. And you see them picking up the little golf, the, what are they? the little golf clubs, the little passive golf okay. clubs and they're hitting each other with them. And they're throwing my kids balls. Around. Like like, get out of here. You know, that shit don't belong to your kids. So tell your kids to come back over to your area. So, you know, don't give me nothing about kids being kids. Like I get all of that, and I understand children are going to be children. But my irritation be with the parents. You need to make sure you have some sort of communication, whether it be a reassuring head nod. You know what I'm saying? If you give me a nigga, what's up? If you give me like it's all good, give me a you know a hand motion, or even come over and walk up to me, be like, is every you know my kids? I'm so sorry about something. They don't have no home training, and it irritates it irritates the life out of me. I completely agree. <laughs> so, I was so, at one point, I was like, yo, get out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, and my whole, all these people are at this party, are getting ready to see me. Cause your mother's getting ready to come over here and say something crazy to me. I can already feel it by the way she's looking at me. She wasn't looking at me like, I'm so sorry my kids are bothering you. She was looking at me like, I dare you to say something to my kids. I want smoke. Oh, okay. And I'm looking at her like, yo, if you don't get I'm like, right, your kids right, well, out of here, I got to like, match this. I got to like, match. You know what I'm saying? We was literally like two lionesses in the jungle, like staring each other down. Cause I'm like, yo, get your kids out of here before I get your kids out of here. And then I get you out of here. And I don't want to do that in front of my guests. So don't piss me off. Because I mean, if smoke is what you want, that can be arranged. I got, I got, I got lighter fluid and one of them big ass lighters for the barbecue grill. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I bought these jump ropes and these hula hoops for these kids, but please don't think that I don't fight dirty and I'm gonna pick this shit up and get your ass with it. I'm gonna whoop your kids in front of you with this jump rope. Maybe, maybe the Lord kept <laughs> me in DC for a purpose. I'm gonna not whoop your kids. I'm gonna whoop you in front of mm-hmm. your kids with this. Mm-mm-mm. Not whoop your kids. I'm not touching nobody's kids. But <laughs> well, anyway. Yes, that
0: that's concluding. That was
1: my pretty pee this week. That's concluding <laughs> that's another
0: episode. A wholesome and and pure and christian episode of the getting grown podcast with Jaden and kia where we discuss all things you know purity um yeah yeah but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and checking us out we we love you guys so much thanks for all the support um absolutely all the time totes magotes. welcome to the summertime we out here um Sis, do we have any announcements? Okay, yes. Woman Evolve is coming. Yes. I'm gonna be in Denver July the 13th. Please come and sit yes, with you. Me. Are. Um, don't have me down to the Woman Evolve by myself. Shout out to everybody not. who has sent me a message, a DM, a comment, and saying that you're excited and you're gonna come. I'm so excited. Um, um, I will also, I mean, I guess I can share the God is not going to play me. T shirts are going to be available for purchase at the Women Evolve Conference. Um, and, you know, they will also be available online. So, we're out here making moves. Um, check us out. Jade and I are also going to be at Reed Temple AME Church on July 21st doing a session on adulting 101. We're going to do the ABCs of adulting. We're going to talk. We're going to go through the alphabet and talk about all of the ways that adulting is hard, but we got to do it. Um, absolutely. And we're going to have a good time. So come, come see, see us. us. The registration link will be in the description box of this for this episode will also be, you know, in my Instagram bio and on Twitter and all that stuff. We'll make sure that you have it. If you're in the DMV area, please come Same. and check us out. Um, we're hoping to have a wonderful time there. Reed Temple. Shout out to everyone who waited in on my poll this weekend. The people don't. <laughs> yeah,
1: some people change
0: But you <laughs> voted, so I didn't feel bad. <laughs> I didn't I feel you. bad. There are people. I would say that a good 10% of those who commented believe that you are going to abstain from using profanity in the house of the Lord. And, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see which way it goes. Having been with you in the house of the Lord and experienced you cursing there,
1: wow, with it was, I understand that all of the times, all of the times,
0: I totally believe that I'm not at all doubting that I'm just saying that I've experienced it. So, my inclination is to believe that it's going to happen again, in which case, we will continue to love you and and (laughs) you know, just
1: and just never invite me back. No, you'll definitely (laughs) be invited back.
0: Um, it's all in good fun. You know, Jesus hung out with with all kinds of people, people who cursed. The disciples <laughs> cursed, Peter cursed all the time. You know what I'm saying? He did. Nobody smacked.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um I'm going to try very hard, my hardest guys, and I just it's not a church conference, but it's, it's a, Yeah. A, it's a leadership yeah, conference. It's held at the church. It's sponsored yeah. by the church. We're
0: going to be talking um, about... It. So don't
1: think you're about to come. We're not about to be... I'm not about to... No, no, the no. There won't I be know. any
0: of that uh, for any of us, <laughs> no. actually. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things. It's just about professional development, personal development. And the theme of the sure. conference is navigating transition in your life. And we're going to be talking about the transitions that happen in and throughout adulthood uh, or adulting, as we as we like to call it. So please come and see us at read temple if you're in the DMV area it's gonna be much much like our live show, but without the trash <laughs> um right. we're gonna yes. be we're gonna be just as petty though
1: our petty our oh, petty absolutely. is welcome in the house of the Lord it's it is deserved it's deserved <laughs> um and then also Kia and I will have you know we're we're gonna we're getting some things together so that we can come see you guys Indeed. in person so um we'll have those announcements coming soon, and then the book oh club. yes. So we've chosen a book. We have. For July. We have. It's
0: Roxanne Gate, right? All right, let me make sure I get the title right. I don't want to mess it up. We're going to be reading for the book of. of, For the book. We're going to be reading for the month of July. (laughs) I think. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pulling up to make sure. I think it's um, writing. Yes, we are going to be reading. Difficult women. It is a collection of stories of rare force and beauty, of hard, scrabble lives, passionate loves, and quirky and vexed human connection. Um, it's, a sh- it's a book of, uh, short stories, I believe, but it's going to be by our good homie, Roxanne Gay. It's, 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 it's reviewed very well by, um, yes. popular outlets. And we're going to talk about it on getting grown. So. Difficult Women by Roxane Gay. Get your copies. We got all of your recommendations and we took them under uh, consideration. We're trying to build up, I guess, you know, um, uh, we were trying to be strategic, I guess, in how we select the books and the order that we select them. So your your suggestions were not ignored at all if, if, it, if it wasn't no. this month. Selection. It may be uh, a selection later on in the year. So please kick it with us. Let's read difficult women and have a good time.
1: This is ongoing. So, show sure you're right. Uh, in the meantime, it's really hot outside. So, make sure you drink your water. Like, don't forget to do it. I mean, please, multiple liters a day. Yes. Uh, continue to mind your business
0: because that's also very, very important and to moisturize because your black will do what this
1: it will crack if it's dry. That's it. All right, y'all. Later. Bye.